I see this mistake happen all the time. I know that I've made this mistake in the past, and maybe even you've made this mistake in the past, but I guarantee that once I reveal it today, you will never let it happen again. It's Julie, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. In this week's episode, I want to reveal the biggest hiring mistake that I see people make. Now, I see this happen all the time. It isn't something that is intentionally malicious. It's something that happens quite innocently when people aren't conscious throughout the hiring process. I know that I have personally made this mistake, and maybe even you've made this mistake too. But I guarantee that once I reveal it, you will never let it happen again. What is the mistake? Well, the mistake is hiring people in your own image, which means hiring someone who is just like you, someone who shares the same strengths and likely the same weaknesses that you do, who is maybe even a mini-me or a version of you. It really is something that happens unconsciously. People never set out to intentionally hire someone who is just like themselves. Think about it. Have you ever seen a job posting where someone says, hey, I want to hire someone who's just like me? No, that doesn't happen, right? That's why I'm convinced that this is something that we do unconsciously. And we keep doing it and we stay in this pattern until someone like myself, like Uh, a manager, like a colleague, or someone in HR points out this pattern. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. In the first segment, I'm going to explain why we fall into this trap. In the second segment, I'll explain why this is such a big mistake. And in the third segment, I'll reveal some tips to help you to avoid it. So get out of your head into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? So why do so many of us leaders fall into this trap of hiring in our own image? Well, the biggest reason here is that we are naturally drawn to the familiar, right? To the known. Think about it. We gravitate to things that are inside our comfort zone. This is just human nature. And when we're reviewing a resume or we're sitting across a candidate in the boardroom, we experience that familiarity, right? We understand this person. We understand what makes them tick, what their journey is. We might resonate with where they went to school, what their work experience is, if it's similar to ours, what their education is, what their life path was. The known gives us comfort. And when we're hiring... Do we want to take on big risks? No, we want to go with the formula that is known, that is going to guarantee us the results. It's kind of like having guests over for dinner, guests that you, you know, you really want to impress. Do you take a big risk and make something new that you've never made before that brings all sort of uncertainty with it and a bunch of things that could horribly go wrong? Or do you stick with something that you've made before that you know is going to turn out? This is exactly what happens when we stick with the recipe that we know for hiring. 
So the second reason that we hire in our own image is that it is easier to manage people who are just like us. It is. It really, really is. Think about when you first learned about your core values. You learn that people who have the same or very similar complementary core values to you are easy to get along with. There is a natural synergy because we're like-minded. We understand what makes them tick. We understand their thinking and their decision-making process. As opposed to people who have different core values, they're going to be harder to get along with because we don't naturally think in the same way that they do. We don't problem solve or approach challenges in the same way that they do. So people who are similar to us, they are just easier for us to be able to manage. And the third reason that we hire in our own image is plain and simple nostalgia. So we look at this person who is sitting across from us and we get a little, you know, sentimental. We think, oh, I remember When I was at this point in my career, all I wanted was for someone out there to just give me an opportunity. And when we can relate to that person, it gives us a chance to be a hero to this younger version of ourselves that is so eager and knows that they can do the job. They just need someone to hand them an opportunity. So we remember what that was like, what that felt like. And we know we can do the job. We just need a chance. So bottom line, we get to be the hero. So those are the three most common reasons why we hire in our own image. You can see for yourself, none of them are malicious. One, we're drawn to the familiar and the known. Two, it's easier to manage someone who's just like us because we understand them. And three, nostalgia. They remind us of ourselves when we were in their shoes. So if these people who are just like us and they are easier to manage, is it really that harmful to hire them? You might be thinking this. Well, yes, yes it is. And the biggest reason why is that we miss out on diversity. And I'm just not talking about gender or cultural or social economic or sexual orientation. Those types of diversity are really in our forefront now, right? With all the shifts that happened last year. I'm also talking about other types of diversity, specifically cognitive diversity. Someone who thinks differently than us, who will come up with different ideas, see different perspectives, and come up with different solutions to problems. And this is important because we don't want to promote groupthink or have employees that just agree with all our own ideas all the time. We want to have a team that is going to challenge us to see things differently. When you hire team members that are just like you, there's a danger that you're all just going to replicate each other's strengths and compound your weaknesses. And this approach, well, you're going to be really missing out on bringing someone who will complement your strengths, who will see things differently. Let's face it, you already know how to do what you know how to do. So you don't need someone else who's going to be able to do the same things as you. And lastly, you miss out on having healthy conflict in the workplace. As much as you want to be perfect and not make mistakes, the reality is that we're all, myself included, going to be making mistakes all the time. So you have to have the confidence in the people that you work with 
For them to be able to have the courage to disagree with you, to challenge your ideas, to point out things that don't make sense, to recognize the flaws in your plan or your execution. You see, if your whole team thinks like you and approaches problems like you do, they may not be able to see your mistakes. They might not have the courage to call you out on them. Having healthy conflict on a team is so important for everyone involved, and you want to make sure that you're building a culture where challenging people's ideas is encouraged. At Netflix, this is a formal part of their decision-making structure. It's part of their culture, right? They encourage people to disagree with each other, to actually go out and try to find people who will intentionally poke holes in their strategy. They even have a term for it. They call it farming for dissent. Farming for dissent. And this is a brilliant approach to bring into play because sometimes we get really married to our ideas, right? We see this shiny object of an idea or new project or program that can be launched. And you know as well as I do that when we're stuck on a good idea, and our creative genius is full force, it's so easy to have a one-track mind and only see the positive and how this idea will work and how it's going to be amazing and all the reasons why. We aren't always able to see the downside or the potential risks that are at play. So this is why shopping the idea around or farming for dissent is really, really important to get that feedback from others who aren't emotionally as attached to how great this idea is, right? And if they see flaws in the plan, they won't hesitate to point them out to you. Okay, let's look at a few things you can do to avoid hiring people who are just like you. The first tip is to get really conscious about what you've done in the past. Have a good look. Really hold up that magnifying glass to your current team or your department. See what kind of synergies or similarities there are currently with the people already on the team. Now, this might feel like a painful process, but it's an important one. And if you're really able to be honest with yourself, you will recognize so many important patterns and comfort-based decisions that have happened in the past. And I would even encourage you to do this with the team. Not just do it on your own in a vacuum and try to, you know, take notes and figure it all out. No, have an open conversation with people. Maybe even do this as a team development workshop to plot out individual strengths and weaknesses. And this will help you put together a roadmap of exactly who you are looking for in the future and why. The second tip is really building on that first tip of taking the inventory and getting conscious. You want to stake a claim of exactly what it is that you're looking for, specifically in this new hire, and you want to make it a non-negotiable. So I think it's really easy to say what you're ideally looking for in a new candidate, but the hard part is to be patient enough and tolerate going without that role filled until you can find the right person. I see so many instances where there's a hard push to fill a role quickly or there's some other perceived urgency and then the diversity factor gets compromised as a result. 
Instead of letting diversity be a nice to have, it needs to be a non-negotiable. It can't be something optional that we just throw to the side if it gets a little bit difficult. Now, the third tip that I want to share is to have a hiring panel that exists outside of your team. Now, this could include other departments or peer type roles that you know will give you the feedback that you really need to hear. You want to seek out those truth tellers in your life, right, in the workplace. This is another way of really seeking diversity. I have a client who does this on a regular basis. It's actually part of their company's strategy. And yeah, it's a lot of extra work. And it may add to the complexity of the hiring process. It may slow down the hiring process, but it is absolutely 100% always worth it because you gain the honest feedback from others outside of your inner circle. And these people have the ability to see the blind spots that you might not be able to see. Okay, let's recap those three tips I just shared. Be conscious about what your team looks like today. Second, state specifically what you're looking for and make it a non-negotiable. And third is to put together a hiring panel outside of your team who will give you honest feedback and reveal your blind spots. And then one other thing that I want to point out here, this episode is dedicated to really avoiding the biggest hiring mistake. And that is when we gravitate to hiring people who are just like us. It also logically follows that the biggest leadership mistake then is expecting people to be like us, to problem solve like us, to work in the same way that we do. Now, if you really have diversity on your team, especially cognitive diversity, you won't have a team of people who are all approaching a problem in the same way. If you sit down to a meeting and you bring up an idea and everyone in that room agrees with you and says, yes, full speed ahead, that is not a good thing. That is not what we're striving for here. The truth is, just like when we have people who have different core values than we do, it can be somewhat of a struggle to connect with them because they don't mirror qualities back to us that we are familiar with. That makes relating to them harder, but that's where the magic happens because they're not like us. So there's so many advantages to having diversity on a team. We really need to just find a way to be comfortable with this. And I'm going to pause right here because we're starting to segue into next week's topic, actually. So I don't want to go too far into it. But I do want to reveal that when I started this episode, I was going to do two distinct separate episodes. I was going to have avoid the biggest hiring mistake and then avoid the biggest leadership mistake. But at the end of the day, they're really the same topics, right? Whether you are bringing that person on board or you've already been working with them for a while or they were in in the team before you came on board. It doesn't matter. The key here is one single-minded message, which is don't expect people to be just like you. That is not an advantage. Okay, it's time to wrap up this episode on the biggest hiring mistake. Let's recap what you just learned and what you're taking away from this episode. The biggest hiring mistake that we make is hiring people that are just like us. And we do this for a few reasons. It's within our comfort zone. 
too. They're easier to manage because we understand how they think. And third, it's a little slice of nostalgia because it reminds us where we were when we were at the same stage in our career. The biggest impact of making this mistake is that we miss out on diversity, all different types of diversity, including diversity of thought. And the three tips to help you avoid making this mistake. Number one, get conscious about who is on your team today. Be really honest. Two, stake a non-negotiable claim about what you're looking for. And three, involve a panel in the hiring process. And lastly, if the biggest hiring mistake that we make is adding people to the team who are just like us, then it logically follows that the biggest leadership mistake is expecting our team members to act just like us. When team members approach problems differently or have different ideas, it may be a harder situation to navigate. It may feel more uncomfortable to have all that healthy conflict going on. However, It is a positive thing, and it is a sign that you are leading in the right direction. Keep going. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with someone who needs to hear it. And if you haven't yet, please take a minute to rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you listen. All right. I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday for another great episode. And remember that any fear, any resistance that you hold inside of you, it is simply just your greatness in disguise.